Well, hey, welcome. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, we're glad you're here. And uh, let me uh, just start out the whole night by just reading you what I think uh, in the New Testament is a great summation of what we're doing, celebrating the uh, the life uh, of Jesus coming uh, in the incarnation as a baby and the virgin birth. And you can find it in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. And here it goes. For you know the grace. Every time you hear the word grace in the Bible, think of giving. Isn't that appropriate for tonight? So, for you know the grace or the giving of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, what did he give? His life. Everything. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich in heaven, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty, or that you through his poverty might become rich. How awesome is that? The Lord stepped out of heaven as a baby, not just to live, yes, to live, but also to die and then rise again. Wow, powerful, right? So tonight, we're going to celebrate that fact. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a lot. Our young people are going to sing to us three songs, have a short message. And uh, we're going to love one another and tell each other Merry Christmas. In fact, here's what I want you to do. So if you're an introvert, I'm sorry about this. I want you to turn around or to your side and tell somebody you don't know or didn't come with, Merry Christmas. Do it right now, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas over there. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Make sure that you have a candle at the end. We're going to sing Silent Night together. Also this uh, we don't really have childcare today, but um, if uh, I, I had four little ones uh, at one point, now they're four big ones. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we love having them. If they, you know, are too excited or something, you can take them to the nursery and watch from there, or go down in the overflow room if if you if you're uncomfortable or whatever. But anyway, let's just enjoy each other, but most importantly, celebrate the Lord Jesus. And let's do it first by praying. Let's bow our heads. Well, Lord, we come here this evening, thankful and grateful, humbled. Oh man, are we humbled? about who you are and what you've accomplished. We're so thankful you were born and entered into the world and lived the perfect righteous life. You're our Passover lamb. You died for our sins and not only ours, but the, for the whole world's sins. And now, Lord, as you've called us, we've responded. And Lord, you didn't stay dead. You rose again and we can have new life in you. And what a awesome, beautiful thing that is. And so we thank you and we love you, but we know it's because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can have a seat. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's take a look at uh, a few things here, and then we're going to welcome our children in. And for those of you who do know, great. If you don't know this, don't feel bad. There's two testaments in the Bible. The Old Testament and the New Testament. And in between of those two testaments, there's about 400 years. 
represents 400 years between the time that the uh, last book of the Old Testament was written and beginning the first book of the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, there's a prophet called Isaiah, uh, called Isaiah. And we sort of was singing some of his scripture there. And there's this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7 that's very popular or famous. It's interesting about this prophecy. It was written probably 800 or so years prior to the time of Christ. Think of that. 800 years. We're so used to hearing the prophecies and seeing the prophecies, but we maybe don't put together the times. And There was this king of Judah named Ahaz, and uh, he was in some military trouble, and he was from what's called the house of David. And earlier in the Bible, God had made a promise to David that through David's line, all the kings would come. And ultimately, there would be an eternal king who would reign forever from that house. That prophecy is yet to be fulfilled, and that's sort of why we're here. <laughs> because the baby who came is that king. But this prophecy happens in the Old Testament. You're very familiar with it. You hear it all the time at Christmas. It's chapter 7, verse 14 of Isaiah. And it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. A sign. Behold, the virgin, the virgin, shall conceive and bear a son, capital S, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's 800 years prior to the time of Christ. Then when you flip over and you get to the book of Matthew, you see the story of Jesus' birth and all, all those things that we love at Christmas time, but apply all the time in Matthew and Luke. But here's what it says in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, and this is why I'm sort of reading it to you right here, she was found with a child, she was found with the child, or with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, can you imagine? She would walk out to her husband, say, I'm pregnant, and it's by the Holy Spirit, and he'd say, what? But not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, now listen to this, son of David, you see the connection between Isaiah 7, <laughs> the house of David? Here, uh, Joseph is a, a son of David in the lineage of David. Don't be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, capital S, just like back in Isaiah. And you shall call his name Jesus. Now, anybody else here confused when you were a kid or whatever, when you would read this and you say, so what is his name? Jesus or Emmanuel? And I think the answer is yes, because here's what happens. Emmanuel is 
who Jesus is, Jesus gives us the mission of Jesus. Jesus came to save. Yahweh saves. He saves. Emmanuel, God with us, is who he is. Jesus is what his mission is. But you're going to call him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. If you want to know where true joy resides or is found, you say, well, man, if I can get that house, I'll be so joyful. Or if this situation with my family uh, resolves itself, then I would be happy. If the boss would give me a promotion, then I would be happy. If I get the bonus, etc. If that girl will marry me, or if that guy will, uh, then I'll be happy. But see, all of that's just not permanent. But real joy lies in this. Forgiveness of sins and the thrill of that and the security of that and the acceptance of that, being accepted in the Lord, where real joy is found is through forgiveness of sins and a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's joy. Joy to the world. It's because we've been saved. Our sins have been paid for. So all this was done, verse 22, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, can you believe this is in Matthew? Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so now you know, you'll never forget. God with us, Emmanuel, that's who God is. Jesus is his mission. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now watch. I'm going to read you one more scripture. In the book of John, do you know this? Tomorrow in the book of John, or tomorrow in England, this chapter will be read by the Church of England. Everybody in England is going to read this tomorrow. And how apropos, John 1 gives us... Christmas. And it's this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And there's so much packed into that statement. I won't go there tonight, but he's eternal. Jesus is eternal. And yet he's a separate person from the Father and the Spirit. And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life don't you want life? You get on the TV and you see death and destruction and sin and perversion. And right here, right in the little preamble here in the book of John, he just tells you, if you want to know what life is and joy and peace, it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now watch, you could keep going all the way through verse 18, that's what they read on Christmas Day, but I want to read you verse 14, which speaks of the incarnation. And the word became flesh, the word, God himself became flesh. If there's two things you should know about that baby 
in a manger. It's these two things. That baby that you read about, he's fully God. And that baby that you read about, he's fully man. And you say, well, how can that be? How do I understand it? Well, I don't understand it completely, but that's what the Bible teaches. But the important part about that is, for us, theologically, to be the son of God, or God's son, he had to come from God. Jesus calls himself the son of God. He had to come from God. So how was he born? You just read it, by the Holy Spirit. And yet he was in his mother's womb. So to be fully man, he had to come from a human. So that there's only one in all of history, think about it, there's only one in all of history who could take the hand of man and the hand of God and bring them together. The God-man, Jesus. Let, let me read you something, it's sort of long. I know I'm not supposed to do this as an orator, but I'm gonna read it to you. It's from Charles Spurgeon. Those little hands in the manger will one day grasp the scepter of universal empire, of a universal empire. Those little arms will one day grapple with the monster death and destroy it. Those little feet there in the manger shall tread on the serpent's neck and crushed and crush that old deceiver's head. Yes, and that little tongue which has not learned to articulate a word shall before long pour from his sweet lips such streams of eloquence as shall fertilize the minds of the whole human race and infuse his teaching into the literature of the world. And again, a little while, and that tongue shall pronounce the judgments of heaven on the destinies of all mankind. Who? When you think of who it was or who it is that was in that manger, it's staggering that God would come out of the heavens as a baby. There's this verse as we move towards hearing the cute little ones sing in Romans chapter 3 that says Jesus through God is both now listen you got to think here is both the just he's just and the justifier and you kind of just flip by that and get through your one year Bible reading but don't because that's the incarnation God is just he can't just pat us on the back or on the head and say, oh, you sinned. We'll just overlook it this time. No, a penalty must be paid for our sins. And so if you in your heart would just rate, don't, don't raise your hand, but in your heart, would you just say, do you, do you believe you're a sinner? Have you ever sinned against God, falling short of the glory or the standard of God? Have you? Then a just God must punish us for our sins. Well, here comes the gospel of grace and giving. You ready? 
So he's just, there must be a penalty. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, spiritual separation from God. Somebody's earpiece, sorry. But watch this, watch this. But he's also the justifier. In other words, he said, there's people that I created who've fallen short of my glory and must pay the penalty for sin. But I'll provide the sacrifice myself, God says, and sends his son into the world as a baby to pay the penalty for our sin. So that he's not only the one who is just, he takes the brunt, he takes the wrath, Jesus does, that comes from God so that he could be both the just and the justifier. You see, that's the glories of Christmas. Oh, it's going to be great to give the gifts and to be with family. And yes, what blessings. And to share the special traditions that we all have. And wonderful, it'll be great. And God's given us those things and praise him for it. He gives us those things. But before all of that, what makes us joyful? It's the thrill of knowing we're accepted by God because of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, folks. You must surrender to that. Just because you come to a church doesn't mean you then have eternal life. You must access eternal life, his sacrifice by faith. By grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. He's a giving God. And what did he give his son? You and I and we must surrender our lives to Jesus Christ individually for there to be eternal life. Watch so that he can be both the just one and the justifier in your life and my life. Wow. The gospel. So I would pray that as we move out for Christmas night here, the Christmas Eve, and then tomorrow Christmas Day, that yes, we have all the fun and the laughter and the, the good times, yes. But recognizing all good things comes from the Lord. All perfect gifts come from him. Good and perfect gifts. And the best of all time is his son. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we come here and we are thankful and we're celebrating and we're loving the fact that we can come here together as the family of God and celebrate your life, Lord, your birth into this world. Even though you've always existed, you came here you lived the perfect life, died, and rose again. And we never tire, Lord, of celebrating these things. And even now, Lord, as we see these young people come out, we're so blessed, Lord, that you've called us to pass this on to the younger generation. And this is part of it. And we see it right here before our very eyes. We love you, Lord. And again, it's because we know you first loved us. And how do we know? Because you sent your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. There was a girl named Mary. She loved God and tried to please him. Her second love was Joseph. 
Joseph loved her and had asked her to marry him. That's all she could think about until... One night, Mary was awake by a bright light. She was very afraid it was an angel. The angel said, not to be afraid. The Lord is with you, and you are highly favored. He has chosen you to carry a child, a very special child. Mary asked how this could be, because she is not married. The angel said, God will place him in your belly. Mary then told Joseph what had happened and what the angel said. Joseph didn't know what to think. It all sounded crazy. He considered breaking up with Mary. God understood his confusion, so he sent him an angel. The angel said to him, Joseph, what Mary told you is true. She is special and highly favored by God. Take her as your wife, name the baby Jesus, for he will fulfill the prophecy. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. He will be Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph felt so much better. Some time passed and Joseph and Mary had to travel to Bethlehem to register for the census. It was very crowded and Joseph could not find a room. While they were there, it was time for Mary to have her baby. Joseph, any place will do. I just want to rest. It's been a long journey. Mary, I've tried, but there isn't any rooms available. How about over there, Joseph? It's out of the cold. It will be fine. Oh, Mary, it's a stable. There are animals in there. That's okay. We can keep our donkey with us. I just want to lie down. Give me a minute. Let me fix your place to lay. While they were there, Mary gave birth to her son. He is beautiful. You did so well, but you need to rest. Let me lay him here in the manger.
The shepherds were startled. An angel appeared in the sky, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. The angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. As fast as the angel came, it left. The shepherd says to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They found Mary, Joseph, and the baby, just as they were told. The shepherds told Mary and Joseph all about the angels and how they found them. This is truly the Messiah. So, Lord, we just do come here and we celebrate your coming into the world, Lord, entering the world, a baby born to die. And we thank you, Lord, for all you've accomplished. Such a blessing, such joy. Such love, such humility, such grace. Lord, may we never tire of celebrating your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. And everybody says, amen. Amen.